Okay. All right. At this time, we'd like to have our first message brought to us by Pastor Steve Andrews, entitled, For the Elect. Well, greetings to all of you. It is nice to see some rain. Oh, man. It has been so dry. I don't know if all of us you know, in Oklahoma is getting rain, but it's definitely nice to see um, the rain in this area. I, uh, I chose a, a couple of these quick sermons because I wanted to talk more to the adults and then as I got to thinking about it, I, um, I realized that maybe some of the uh, things that I'm going to say might actually get over the internet, and, and, and I'm, so I've kind of hesitated a little bit, but what you're receiving right now is a, is, a, is a paper that I put together called Modern Trends, and I'm not going to put it up on the screen. Uh, it's for your information and for um, a couple of things that I'm going to say during the, the message today. My message really starts out as a prophecy, and, and and I think if I was going to say that we're in prophetic times, I think we we definitely are. Whether we're at the end of those prophetic times, I don't know. I mean, I've been in this way for a very very long time, and a lot of us that are in this room have been or grown up in this way, or have been in this way for a long time and realized so many things have changed in the world and changed in situations that, um, uh, in which we've heard many different scenarios. And so I'm going to, to give some end-time thinking, but I am not going to make any prophetic uh, uh, pronostications today. But I am going to say something that, that comes up in Matthew, the 24th chapter. And, and it's so familiar to all of us, and it's something that we read over and over again. But, but I want you to think about this as an, at an end-time scenario. For then shall be great tribulation. And in my Bible, it says oppression. So we, we kind of use the word tribulation uh, to mean uh, one thing. But when we talk about oppression, we, I think we understand that that word means that you are under a uh, umbrella of, of dissidence, tyranny, all the different things that might go with that word oppression. Which was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. So wherever this oppression is, whenever this tribulation happens, it's going to be a very unique thing for the very for the whole world. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. Now we all understand from our own um, reasoning and from everything that we've grown up with and, and the things that are in this, this world that we live in, that there are many ways to, to wipe out all of mankind upon the face of the earth. Nuclear. Um, all kinds of mass, weapons of mass destruction. Uh, biological. And, and 
um, all kinds of other things that they, they, they design and, and work on. And even to the point in which they can throw a bomb in the air and shut down all of the electricity. And what happens? Thousands die because they, they depend upon that, especially if you're a diabetic. Diabetes, the insulin has to be refrigerated. So we understand that this is a time and it's no other, and it has not happened yet. It has not come about yet. But there's one thing that's very interesting about this that I that kind of piqued my interest, and that's the reason why I put this as my title. But for the elect's sake, there shall uh, those days shall be shortened. So what does that tell you? What does that one verse right there say? To me, that says that there are going, by the way, that word elect can also mean chosen. Those that are chosen. And we, uh, we understand that. The ones that are called out. So at this particular time of great oppression in the world, and I'm not just talking about the United States. I'm talking about the whole world because that's what we're, what we're looking at. Everything in the world is going to be oppressed, but there's going to be a group of people, chosen people, who are going to be alive, and God is going to hear their prayers. Father, bring your kingdom. We see the things that are happening. Bring your kingdom to this earth. And God is going to hear that prayer, and he's going to intervene before all flesh is destroyed on the face of the earth. Now, if your Bible has it in, in there like mine does, they will point you <laughs> to Daniel, the 12th chapter. And for any of us who've read Daniel 11 and 12 over the years, and I don't know about you, but I've heard so many sermons on chapter 11 that I've still uh, scratched my head and not sure exactly uh, how the timelines fit in who they're talking about, or what they're talking about. But I would like to start with this individual that's a powerful individual who is, for some reason, at the time of the end, is ruling or has some rulership and is warring, I guess I'm assuming, against whatever's left on the earth. And I picked it up in, in verse 41. Actually, um, I'm going to pick it up and look back to 40, because it says at the time of the end. Uh, I, I was just looking at these things. And, but let's go back to, to verse 40. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and, and shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. Now, he shall enter into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of the hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. And he shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. Now, when I read that, and I'm thinking about this, and this is the time of the end, where is America? Are we in a state of protection? Or are we all gone and destroyed and there's no America? 
I have no idea, but everything, if you notice in the scriptures, everything focuses on that area of the Middle East, the promised land, uh, Jerusalem and that, because that's where God's focus is. And so when these things come about, it seems like that this is where the, the focus is, and this is where these things are going to, to happen. And this individual, um, whoever he is, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and, and of silver and over all the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Ethiopians uh, shall be at his steps. Well, and we understand some of the wealth is in the oil, oil patch. Uh, along with the gold and silver, one of the most wealthiest things right now is to own <laughs> oil. And somebody's going to get very rich off of selling oil to America. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and to utterly make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas of the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Well, I, <laughs> like all of us, I, I, I put a little note in, who is this guy? Who is he? Well, I know in the time of the end, when the time comes, we will recognize this guy if we're alive. I mean, if this is the time where we're still there and we're alive. Now, for all of us that understand, if you, if you break a chapter up, and then there's a word therefore or and or something like that, uh, the translators just happened to stick that in there because really chapter 12 should be a part of what we just got through reading. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, shall stand for the children of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even uh, to that same time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And so that leads us back to, to Matthew, doesn't it? That was Matthew, the 24th chapter. We looked and we saw that. At that end time, there are going to be a remnant. There's going to be those that, are <clears throat> that, that will be delivered and saved, that will still be alive during this great oppression, this great time of, of great uh, things that were going on on the earth. And it will be a very troubling time. And I think it's probably happening right now, and we're just not um, as aware of it. And I'm trying to bring out some things that I think will help us to be a little bit more cognizant of what's happening in the world that we live in. Now let's go to Matthew, the fifth chapter, and let's talk about what Jesus says is, is a blessing. Blessed are they which are uh, persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't know whether uh, there's been a lot, uh, there have been some interesting news and articles and news things that have happened, but one of the things that kind of stood out to me was a street preacher. And somebody came along and knocked the street preacher right flat on his back, and what did they do? They tore his Bible up and threw it all over the place. 
So that um, right there, that's, I don't know that that was America or England or where that was, but whenever we open this book up, we should be standing against those things that are, that are going on. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute. But I want to finish this up. And what Jesus was saying, blessed are they which are persecuted. You might not like that, but they are blessed. And blessed are you, which men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. We've had a great deal of safety in America, haven't we? It's been a very wonderful place to live, and um, sometimes the freedoms that we've had, maybe we take a little bit for granted that those things are something that um, we really appreciate, we're very helpful and are thankful for, that God has given this nation the ability to preach the word, to reach out to, to, to all the world, and that many have, have come to understand this, and God is continuing to call. There is a great calling that continues to, to go out. And <clears throat> he says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted the prophets were, which were before you. So, persecution comes, we need to be thankful for that. Even though it's not something that none of us really uh, uh, desires to have in our life and, and, and desires to, to, you know, to have to, um, to, to go through. Now, the paper that I, that I sent out to you is what I call modern cleanup. And I'm not, going to, I'm not going to go through really any of these, although I would love to, to stand up here and preach on every one of these subjects and, and expound on them. But what I want you to do is I want you to, to go to Matthew 7.20 and read the words, Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. And you read all of this that, that I've written in there, and this is by no means everything that's going on in the society that we live in or in the world that we live in. And I'm talking about what is going on in the world that we live in. And I just, I, I wanted to pick one subject, and I thought, well, what one subject without getting, you know, too gross or too out of, uh, um, getting too far off. And I thought the one where uh, women dress like men and, and men dress like women. Now, this is not where they, you know, they change. This is not that. Let's turn to Deuteronomy, the, um, the 22nd chapter. And Moses instructed the children of Israel in this particular thing. And let's think about this, because <laughs> in some places in the United States, this is pretty prevalent. And I've told the story in Seattle. But let me read the scripture first, and then I'll relate to you. And it's in verse 5. The women shall not wear the, that which pertains to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, even when women find short, uh, uh, jeans and stuff, they're made for a woman. They're not made for a man. And men's clothes very... Yeah, they can fit, but they're not as, as comfortable as things that are made for a woman. 
And so most women understand that. But what's going on in our society today is a, a very perverted thing. Um, if in Seattle, not Seattle, but Spokane, and I, I, I related this once before, and for those of you new, <laughs> you'll get a little kick out of this. I, uh, my son David was having an operation, and he was in the hospital, and uh, my, my daughter-in-law and I were going back to the house, and so here we were on the third floor or something, and we pushed the button to the, in the elevator, and opened the door, and what did I see? This guy was about six foot tall, and bearded, hairy, and wearing a dress and high heels. <laughs> Sarah and I, we about laughed. I mean, we just about, you know, just about tore us up. <laughs> we saw these, this character. And what was standing next to him? Of course. <clears throat> a very petite little girl, or woman. She wasn't a girl, she was a woman. And how was she dressed? Like a man. <clears throat> Sarah and I have, we debated. Should we get on that elevator or not? Should we? What if I opened the Bible and said, hey, you guys are doing the wrong thing. In, in Washington, they're doing all kinds of this stuff. Everywhere. I would have been Oh, you're a you know homophobic. You're a this or that. You're a lysophobic. You're a xenophobic. You're a genophobic. You're a all kinds of phobic. Because I believe in the Word of God, and so consequently, whenever we look at these things, the modern trends that are going on in the world today, what do you think is going to happen as we preach stronger and stronger messages? Well, there's a there's a very large congregation. Now, man, let me let's let's do one thing. Let's go to the second Peter chapter before I get into that. Because I want this to be a part of this message. I want this first part, and everybody we read this a lot, and I know it's um, maybe we overread it sometimes. <clears throat> but I want I want us to think of it not so much as church but as something that's being preached all over the world. There, but there, shall, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Now, false prophets and false teachers are those that preach and teach things that the Bible says are wrong. Whether that's heresy, which it could be, you know. It could be heresy that, that they're preaching and teaching. But it also could very easily be these modern trends. We have, there was just recently a, a very large split in the Methodist church. Well, they, they don't believe what we believe, but still, understanding that large congregations now are, are realizing, because this large congregation of churches were beginning to bring in the gays and the lesbians and letting them 
even become ministers and preachers in their congregation. So there was a group of them that decided that they did not want to be a part of that anymore. And so they they decided to separate themselves, and it's, it's causing a, a, a tremendous rift in that particular uh, church because of this. And so they had false prophets, false teachers coming into their, to their congregations and teaching these things, and people were waking up and realizing, wow, if we stay, we're going to be, we're going to be recognized as having that in our, our congregation and as being a part of us. So, we also can see that there are false teachers out there beginning to teach the, the modern trend and wanting to groom young children to accept the modern trend. And so, if we're beginning to teach the Bible and against these modern trends, then we are almost as you know have some persecution that has come upon us, and there are some that are already having that because they're standing out and they're preaching that. And so, as we look through this chapter two, and we see the end time because that's what we're talking about. These things are end time events that are happening and are going to be happening more and more. But what we we find as these modern trends. They, they isolate Christians, don't they? They really do. And they make it difficult because we want to preach the truth. We want to preach Christ. We want to preach the kingdom of God. We want people to, to come to understand the kingdom of God. Who secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought, uh, that bought them, and, and bring them uh, upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways, for reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Can you be influenced by the world? Sure we can. Can you believe a lie? If you're not close to God, and you're not reading God's word, sure you can. You can believe lies that are being told. And it's very easy. And there are a lot of elites out there that want the lies to be told so that they can rule the world. And you can see some of the things that I've written down. And you might disagree with me on some of them, but I want you to at least go and research and look up and see what's going on and understand I just read an article this morning about uh, um, a lady. Um, where was she from? She wasn't from the Philippines. She was from, a, from another um, country who answered an ad, and the ad ended up ending her up as a sex slave in America. She got off the plane in LaGuardia Airport. I think that's where it was. And they, they grabbed her and took her into a prostitution ring, and it took her a long time to get out of that. She actually got the, this, this trafficking group <coughs> arrested and put in jail. But it doesn't always happen that way. And it's going on all the time, and it's not just adults. 
it's also children. And it's a sadness that's going on in the world and in our own United States. Thankfully, some of the uh, authorities are really beginning to see this and, and, and getting involved in it. So I'm gonna, I want to read just a little bit more of this as I finish up here. Um, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. What did I just talk about? Whose judgment now of, of a long time lingers not, and their damnation slumbers not. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to receive the judgment, and spared not the world, but saved Noah the eighth, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world um, of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with the overthrow, making them an example to those that afterwards should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, or the conduct of the wicked, because that's what he was observing, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That's why I put this in. I put this out. Because it should vex our soul. It should vex our spiritual soul to see things that are going on in the world that are so anti-godly. And within the universities, they're turning out more and more ungodly people who hate God, who hate this way, and, and who hate the Bible, and beginning to, to, to come to, uh, uh, to the point in which they are willing to be anarchic and bring uh, all kinds of destruction. I mean, we've seen that. We know that they, that, that they get paid to go out and be anarchists and do those things. And so we, we know that these things are happening. And so it should vex us. It should, should hurt us. That our, our very country that we love, that we live in, that has been so free, is beginning to turn to some of this stuff that's, that's really going to make it very difficult. But there's a, there's a blessing here. It says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. I think that's the encouragement we should, should receive from the things that we read here. That God knows how to take care of us. And I pray every day, <laughs> pray for God's kingdom to come to us. That's what we preach. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We see all of this, but I, I think God um, is not quite ready yet. But as this stuff gets worse and worse, he will be ready. And the day will come when the punishment will come upon this earth. But the elect, those who are left, uh, may not make it. I may be, I may be in the grave by the time uh, this all happens and, and, and just come up out of the grave and find out what's going on. Hey, how did it go? How did it come out? Who was that guy that, that you know, was going around and doing all that stuff? I, I want to find out because we will, we will be very curious, especially those of us in this end time error. We'll want to know how it turned out when we come up out of the grave. 
Maybe some of us will, will live into that time and have a, an opportunity to see it. And God will protect us until we get through it because it says those elect will be there. And if they do die, they will have washed their robes in, in that and they will come up in the resurrection. So there's so much that we, we have in God's Word. But I want you to be aware of what's going on in the world. We commit and become familiar with what is happening and pray, pray for the kingdom to come.